I want you to take your Bibles or your apps or whatever you read on, and today we're going to be in Matthew chapter 10. Now, if you're not familiar with where the book of Matthew is located, uh, here's what I want you to do. If you're in a Bible, a, a physical book, what I want you to do is turn to the table of contents. Uh, you'll find there that the Bible is broken up into two main sections, the Old and the New Testament. Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. So find the New Testament. First book is Matthew and then turn to chapter 10. Now, if you're in an app, what I want you to do is pull up the list of books. Matthew is about two thirds of the way down that list. Find Matthew, scroll over to chapter 10, and that's where we're going to be today. Now, I want to begin today's message by saying thank you. I want to say thank you to the people of First Southern and those uh, all around the world who are connected to our church. And here's why I want to say thank you. I want to give you an update of the many, many things that God has been doing through our church and in our community. I've been alluding to this for a few weeks, and today I get to bring this amazing good news. And so uh, strap in, get ready, because here it comes. The first thing that God has been doing is that um, we have had to order extra Sunday school and small group materials simply because so many of you are inviting your friends to come to your online small groups. And so some of our online small groups have, have actually begun to grow because new people are coming in and talking about Jesus and the life-changing hope of Jesus. So thank you to all of you who have been inviting your friends, family, neighbors, co-workers, whoever, inviting them to come in to your online small group. And those who have never thought about this, this is a great way uh, to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. It's so simple to simply ask someone, hey, would you hop on and join me at such and such time for our small group? I would love to, uh, for our group to meet you and to, to talk about Jesus there. So, so that's the, uh, the, the first great news. The second great news is we've had three people come to know Christ for the very first time. Three people who've been saved, who've been rescued from the consequences of their sins since our shutdown, since the shutdown of COVID-19. And so we are so excited that we've got three new followers of Jesus in our midst here at First Southern. Also, uh, through our Serve Scottsdale initiative, and I'll talk about that uh, in the closing today, through our Serve Scottsdale initiative, your generosity, through your generosity, we've been able to donate more than $27,000 to local charities and to churches in need all over our state. Did you catch that? $27,000. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your generosity. We are truly in a great opportunity, great place to make a difference here in Scottsdale. So thank you so much for your generosity. Also in your generosity, uh, you've been dropping off foods and non-perishable items and hygiene items so that we can take them to the food bank. And so far, we've been able to drop off more than two and a half tons of non-perishable item. Did you catch that? Two and a half tons of non-perishable items that we've been able to give to those who are in need in our community. Man, what a difference that we're making. 
Uh, also, we've been able to donate through some of your gifts more than $1,000 worth of face masks to our local medical community. Uh, and that's a great thing. Our medical community is in such great need of PPE, those, those items that keep them protected. And so because of your generosity, we've been able to help in a, in a small way to help protect our medical and our frontline workers. So First Southern, thank you. Thank you so much for how you have stepped up to make a difference in this community in the name of Jesus. Thank you for leading people to the life-changing hope of Jesus. We're making a difference, both in our community and spiritually. And so thank you for all that you're doing. All of this has been possible because of your willingness to serve. Now, I touched on it last week, but we have a mission statement and four values. The mission statement being, we exist to lead every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. And we do that through those four values being believe, grow, connect, and lastly, serve. And that's what we're gonna talk about today. Have you ever thought about Jesus's call in your life to serve others or to serve him? That's what I want us to think about and talk about today. So take your Bibles or your apps and turn to Matthew chapter 10. We're going to begin in verse 5. So Matthew 10, starting in verse 5. So Jesus has finally uh, called all of the 12 disciples to follow him. So Jesus has been doing ministry, and as he's gone along, he has called uh, 12 individual men to come and be his, his followers. And so these 12 men have accepted the call to follow me. And now they're, they're going with Jesus and doing ministry and, and learning from him. And now we find that they're about to go and serve others through what Jesus tells them to do. So look with me in Matthew 10, starting in verse 5. It says this, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them by saying, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without pay, give without pay. Acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or staff for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. As you enter the house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet when you leave that town or that house. Truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. Now, Jesus sends the disciples out. And I, I, that's the focus of today's message. Jesus sent the disciples out. His disciples didn't just sit and, and listen to him and watch what he did. There came a point where Jesus said, now it's time for you to go and do, for you to go and serve. Jesus directed them to do this. 
So let's break down this passage. I want to take this passage that we just read, and I want to go verse by verse through it today. And I want to show you some points that direct us when we serve our Savior. So again, Matthew 10, verse 5, we're going to read the first two verses. Uh, So stay with me, and you'll want to keep your Bible or your app open, because we're going to be coming and going through this passage uh, for the next few minutes. So Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 says this, These twelve Jesus sent out, instructing them, Go nowhere among the Gentiles and enter no town of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now stop there. So I want to point out that Jesus selectively picked a group to send his disciples. He didn't just say, go everywhere and speak to everybody. He specifically said, uh, don't go to the Gentiles, don't go to the Samaritans. Instead, go to the people of Israel, go to the Jews, uh, because they need to hear my message. Now, if you keep reading through the Bible, if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, which are the first four books of the New Testament, they're, they're the biographies of Jesus. Then you're gonna get to a book called Acts. And in the book of Acts, we find that Jesus directs the disciples to not just stay in the land of Israel anymore, but to go out to to all the world. And we find that there are many of these guys uh, that we call missionaries. They go out and they go outside of their homeland to tell people about the the life-changing hope of Jesus. And so what I wanna point out here in verses five and six it is, is that Jesus had a select group that he sent the 12 disciples out to. You don't have to feel responsible for telling the entire planet about Jesus. Jesus calls each of us to different people and different groups. Uh, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ, the body of Christ uh, being a, an analogy, an illustration for the church. That's the beauty of being the body of Christ is that we all are connected to different people and are passionate about different groups. And so if we all were knew the same people and were passionate about the same groups, it would mean that only that, those people and that group would, would be exposed to the life-changing hope of Jesus. But in reality, God has given us diversity of connections and interests so that we can reach the whole world. And so start simply with one person. You know, at the beginning of the year, in the beginning of this year, before the sh- long before the shutdown, we began a campaign called Who's Your One? And it was simply saying, you pick one person and you pray for that person. You look for ways to bless that person. You look for opportunities to speak with them, to build relationship, to interact with them. And then you look for opportunities to share the gospel or invite them to church or to small group so that they can hear about Jesus themselves. So maybe you just need to start with your one. Just start with one person. Maybe it's an employee or a coworker or a family member or the guy that lives across the street. I don't know. But whoever it is, start with that one and serve them. Know that it's okay to to hone in on one person or one group or uh, just the people that you interact with day in and day out. But don't let the people in your life go day after day after day not hearing about Jesus from you. 
make sure that you're sharing with them how Jesus has changed your life. That's the point. And that's what Jesus instructs the disciples to do here. He sent them out to a group and invite. You know, with us, we have so many opportunities to invite people in to experience Jesus. And I'm gonna touch on this a little more uh, towards the end of my message. Now let's pick up in the next verse, verse seven. So look down at your Bibles or your apps, find verse seven. And read with me, it says, And proclaim as you go, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. You received without paying, now give back without pay. I want you to notice here that Jesus sent them out with a mission. They're to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is near, and they're to go out serving as they proclaim that message. Uh, healing and, and doing all of these things. You see, we are sent with a message, but that message is always connected to serving others. That's the way Jesus did it. That's the way the disciples did it. That's the way they did it in the book of Acts. They were always looking for opportunities to serve and speak, proclaim the good news, that life-changing hope of Jesus. And so he he tells us to go out with this mission. Uh, Next verse, verse nine. It says this, acquire no gold or silver or copper for your belts, no bag for your journey or two tunics or sandals or staff for the laborer deserves his food. And whatever town or village you enter, find out who is worthy in it and stay there until you depart. Now, uh, Jesus is saying that he's always going to equip you and he's always going to provide for your needs as you live out um, your, your mission that Jesus has for you. So let me make this very clear. You don't have to be a biblical scholar to share Jesus with others. You don't have to have all of the knowledge in the world about this book in order to tell someone how Jesus has changed your life. You know, sometimes it's okay for us to get a difficult question and say, you know what? I don't know the answer, but I can find out for you. You know, he will provide. But again, I want you to notice that serving is attached to the message. That's how Jesus leads us to lead others. Meet needs, love others, uh, love God, and proclaim Jesus as we do that. Let's pick up in the next verse, verse 12. It says this, As you enter a house, greet it. And if the house is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And if anyone will not receive you or listen to your words, shake off the dust from your feet. And when you leave that house or town, truly I say to you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah than for that town. I want you to hear me clearly here. Jesus reassures us in this part of the passage that our job is to be his instrument. Our job is to go out and serve and tell others about the life-changing hope of Jesus. But that's where our role kind of comes to a stop. You see, we have to leave the rest to the work of the Holy Spirit. You see, you and I 
do not have the ability spiritually to save someone. We can't save their soul. We can't save uh, them from their sins. That is only the work of God through the Holy Spirit. And so you have to make sure that you're not bearing the guilt of someone rejecting you. You have to make sure that you keep in light, that you keep in your mind that your job is to simply proclaim and serve. And you have to be willing to leave the results to the Holy Spirit. You know, if someone rejects you or rejects the good news, the life-changing hope of Jesus that you're telling them about, then that's between them and that person that and the and God. That's between them and God. Not no, that has nothing to do with you. You did your job by telling them about Jesus. And you have to leave your guilt behind you. That's what Jesus means when he says, shake the dust off. He is literally saying, leave that guilt, shake it off your feet and continue doing the mission that I've laid out before you. And and who knows, if you can serve and love someone and then share Jesus as the motivation for why you serve and love someone, then who knows whether that little seed that you planted by serving and loving them and telling them about Jesus, who knows whether that seed may in later years sprout and grow into finally being a harvest that that person will finally come to know Jesus as their Lord and their Savior. And part of the reason they did so was because you served and loved them. Even though you got rejected in that moment, who knows what may happen later down the road. And so please hear me. Don't feel guilty when people don't accept Jesus when you tell them about Jesus. You know, they... Some people are going to accept that message or accept that invite, and some are not. We have to leave that part to the Holy Spirit, which leads me to today's big idea. Uh, And if you've ever watched my message, here's what my big idea is. My big idea is kind of a summary or a, a culmination of the main point of that message. And so here's my big idea for today's message. It's this. Serve your Savior, serving souls sacrificially. Sounds like something you'd hear in a Dr. Seuss book. Anyways, uh, let me repeat that for a second. Serve your Savior, serving souls sacrificially. You see, we serve our Savior by serving others sacrificially. Uh, Serving souls, serving beings, serving people so that they can know Jesus as their Savior too. You see, here's the thing. Sin is not just doing wrong or breaking God's perfect law. Sin is not that simple. Sin is much more complex than that. Sin also, according to James, is also knowing the good that we know we should do and not doing it. To that person, it is sin. So when we know the right thing that we're supposed to do, we know the godly thing that we're supposed to do, and we choose to not do it, that's a sin. Uh, You know, it's not just the laws that we have in the Old and New Testament and the list of wrongs that we can commit or the, the acts of the flesh, but it's also saying this is the right thing 
but I'm not going to do it. That can also be sin. You see, it's ignoring the ways that we can help the needy in our lives and in our community. It's being able to volunteer and choosing not to. It's seeing a need that you can provide for and not providing it. It's the generosity that you know you're capable of and yet not acting on that knowledge and being generous. You know, sin is when we know what we should do and we don't do it. And let me, let me be a little honest and, and let me be blunt uh, for a moment. I think there's too many of us who have gotten far too comfortable with studying and talking about God at lunch, but forgetting to apply what we've studied and talked about. I think that there's too many of us who are complacent in people spending their eternity apart from God that we have forgotten that Jesus's great commission at the end of this book, Matthew, in Matthew 28, Jesus's great commission was to go out and make disciples, not learn theology. We've gotten so distracted by our ability or inability to sit in a seat on a campus, in a church building, that we have forgotten to serve those around us in the name of Jesus. We've forgotten that the church is not a building. We've forgotten that the church is us. The church was never intended to be the building I'm standing in right now. The church is people. The church is you and I. And our purpose our primary purpose is not to learn, it's not to study, although yes, Jesus wants us to learn and Jesus wants us to study. But if we learn and we study and we don't love and serve others, then all that learning and studying is useless. It's been a waste of time. 1 Corinthians 13 says, if I've got all the knowledge, if I can proclaim, if I can prophesy, if I can do all these things, but I don't have love, then I'm nothing. The book of James tells us to not just be hearers of the word, but to be doers of the word. And guys, let me be frank with you. Too many of us have become hearers without being doers. Matthew 10, Jesus sent the disciples out. They put their feet to the road and they did the work of Jesus. They didn't just sit at his feet and learn. They didn't just follow Jesus and watch him do ministry. They went and did ministry also. They loved others, they served others, they were generous, they met needs. And that's what you and I are called to as well. How can you serve during this time? How practically can you serve? Well, let me give you some practical ways 
that you right now can serve Jesus, even in the midst of COVID-19 and partial shutdown and uh, our church campus not being open yet, you can do things for Jesus right now. We've proved that by all the things, the great things that has happened through our church lately. So let me give you some practical applications. Invite someone to an online or an in-person service. You know, we're going to be reopening. I'm going to give you all the details here in a little bit. We're going to be reopening our campus to in-person services again. And in that opportunity, uh, whether you decide to stay at home and continue to worship with us online, or whether you decide to come to the campus and join us and worship with us uh, in person, you can invite your friends. Invite your one. You can also invite them to join you for your online small group. Invite them to come participate and talk about God and and hear about how Jesus has changed others' lives. You can go and check on your neighbors. Maybe uh, serve them by making food and dropping it off. Or better yet, if you're comfortable with it, invite them to come eat with you. Invite your neighbors to come sit at your table and eat a meal together and have conversation and open up the opportunity to tell them about the life-changing hope of Jesus. Again, if you're comfortable with that. Again, another way, find out the needs of those around you and find ways to meet those needs or help them meet those needs. And guys, you'd be amazed at how how difficult life is for so many people right now. Uh, I would venture to guess that your neighbors are hurting in some way or another, and you may not be aware of it. But how will you know if you don't connect with your neighbors, uh, your friends, your coworkers, your, your family? Connect with them, have conversations, find out what those needs are, and look for ways to meet those needs. Or maybe support someone through a difficult time. Be there for them. In my intro, I mentioned all the wonderful ways that many of you have served others through First Southern Baptist Church of Scottsdale. And let me again say thank you. God has been doing an amazing work because of the, the serving that you're doing. But imagine for just a moment, what would Scottsdale, what would Paradise Valley, what would First Southern look like if we all chose to truly serve? What would things look like if we all invited one person to experience the life-changing hope of Jesus through online or in-person services or through an online small group. Imagine what it would be like if we all gave sacrificially so that those in need could have food to put on their table to feed their children, their family. Imagine the difference that we could make. What if we engaged with our neighbors with the hope that we could share Jesus, that we could share the life-changing hope that only Jesus can provide in their lives. Imagine how your world, imagine how our city would look, imagine how our church would be different, would change, would grow if we would serve, if we would love, and if we would proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. So what are you doing to serve Jesus? Who have you told about Jesus this week? 
Maybe a better question is who do you need to tell about Jesus this coming week? Guys, it's time to stop making excuses. COVID-19 is a real thing. And yes, we're still in partial shutdown, but God is doing an amazing work right now. And there is no reason, there is no excuse for us not to get on board with what God is doing and leading every generation to the life-changing hope of Jesus. So will you join us as we change this city for Jesus? And what is your role in doing that? What is Jesus calling you to do in order to serve and love others? Will you join me in prayer? Almighty God, thank you. Thank you for how you love us and how you care for us, how you sent your son to teach us and direct us and for giving us your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I pray today that you would guide us into serving you, that you would help us to understand what it means, what our role is in loving others and serving others and proclaiming the good news to others. So guide us, uh, help us to understand the opportunities, to recognize the opportunities that you've placed in front of us and give us the strength and the courage to take those opportunities. Help us to serve. Help us to love, help us to meet needs, help us to be generous, and help us to be bold for you. We thank you, Jesus, and we pray all this in your name. Amen.